0: okay guys here we are uh i have an amazing guest on the podcast today this is santiago he is from malta and he says this is an island just below Italy. Uh, the reason why we have him on the show today is not only is he an earth angel and um, a healer, uh, but he specializes in breathwork. And we all know how effective breathwork can be in a trauma release and realignment, um, mentally, physically. Uh, We talk about this a lot on the podcast, and I bring this a lot in my own practice for myself and with my clients, especially in the gym. So it is a different in the gym setting, it's a little different. Um, But we can get into that in a little bit. Uh, Just to bring in a little bit more of an introduction to Santiago, he calls himself Santi for short. For those outside of this uh, accent, if you cannot pronounce Santiago, you better get a speech therapist because. <laughs> <laughs> um, Santiago, it, he masters in somatic alignment, breath work. Okay. Right. We talked about a little bit about your description on Instagram and how Instagram can really limit the dialogue in this, this practice altogether. Um, Thank you so much for coming on and just giving us your time. Um, I know your time is very valuable. Can we just start a little bit with what you do uh, in terms of language and how to describe it? And then I want you to get into your story on what led you to this beautiful practice and where you are now.
1: Okay, thank you. Thank you for having me here. Uh, That's going to correct you. I'm not from Malta, I'm from Colombia. I live in Malta, uh, (laughs) Sorry, it's totally totally fine. But if if mom and dad are listening to this Mm -hmm. one in the future, they will say, no, you're not from Malta. So I just want to avoid avoid any kind of problems. Um, And yeah, thanks, guys, for having me here. More than, than happy to be here sharing any kind of knowledge that I have gathered. In the past 10 years uh, and if it can be useful for any of your listeners great i think that it's quite synchronic that we come across into our profiles and we're here sharing knowledge and sharing presence uh, and yep santi for the shorter version santiago is my name and to define it as i told you when we were talking behind the scenes uh, it's hard to put experiences that taught you in a deeper level and it kind of con- they connect your body your mind your heart and just to put them in in some words and even to describe them to describe them in, in instagram in just 400 characters which I, I think that instagrams give you but i will do my best to to define what somatic alignment breathwork is uh which is the practice that i have developed by combining Uh, different tools and and different kind of components so basically this is a practice that it has three different components which is two different pillars Uh, the first one is breath Uh, and if we identify as breath as our main source of energy so the oxygen that we take in every inhale and kind of uh, the one that is help us to to the, the the one that is keeping us alive so we use the energy of the breath to, to move it through our nervous system to connect our unconscious mind with our conscious mind and to be able to grasp some information and then the other pillar will be movement we use movement so we drop into the body uh, to be able to unwind to inhabit the body to connect with different parts of our body we live in a society that is quite rational that is really mind Oriented, so that's why we mix with movement, and the other component is touch or or pressure, and we use this one, uh, which entails a concept that I don't know if you have heard about it, which is a concept of the armoring, and we can actually explain deeper what the armoring means, but basically an armor is a shield protection that we build when we don't feel safe in the environment or in life. Uh, and we we build we all build those shields uh, that help us to, to keep, or keep us kind of alive mm. or, but those shields at the end they are preventing us for showing up in life in in our best way or to actually to, to connect with our essence. So they are more, the best way to describe it for everyone to understand to understand it is kind of a physical layer of the ego we all know, like hard actually to define the ego. But when we talk about the ego, people will get up their idea, okay, I know that the ego is this part of me that is trying to protect me, that is driven by survival. So it has a physical component which is a shield that is manifested in your body in terms of contraction, pain, tension, lack of movement, uh, lack of flexibility. So during the practice, we use touch the arm or the body, and to open the body from contraction to expansion. So those are the three components, and something that is transversal. I don't know if I'm going too fast. No. I, I, I have no. to stand. I mean, same.
0: I understand it. I I totally understand it because it what can happen with uh when it comes to the breath work what if people haven't experienced it is, um, correct me when I'm wrong, but there is a neurological connection, right? Yeah, what, it,
1: what what you do during breath work and after breath work is that you improve your neuroplasticity, so which is the ability that you develop to create different kind of patterns or neuro, neural connections, yeah. and then at the end, it will be uh, reflective on the way you behave on the new habits that you can create. So yeah, You're totally right. Uh, So basically, we do those three pillars, breath, movement, and touch, and the transversal part of the whole process is something that is called polyvagal theory, which is understanding our nervous system, uh, which is the one that is pretty much running the show all the time. So we live our life through our nervous system, and that's the one that is telling us how do we behave, the one that is sensing information from the environment, from the inner landscape, and yeah, I, I call it kind of of the director of of our lives. So we run the whole process, the driven towards nervous system regulation.
0: Bringing up stuffed old trauma shit that we have definitely
1: yeah
0: <laughs> have not, that
1: that we all we have we don't
0: even know. Sometimes we don't even we have. We don't know what we don't know, and this is where this this work is so um, profound, is we only focus on the things that are within our peripheral, the things that we see. And sometimes we're missing it. Sometimes we're missing the things and we don't identify them through our actions because our actions is normal to us. the Mm -hmm. the behaviors, uh, whatever it is, if you're withdrawing or if you're overcompensating, uh, whatever the case may be, uh, maybe it's, uh, abusing substances and using maybe other things as distractions to uh, uh, distract you from feeling. Uh, and we don't always, we're not always able to identify what those things are, but I do find that this it helps just surface that and you're like holy shit balls like I had no idea and that I was sitting with this like definitely. you'll definitely have like memories that can either come forward or just feelings and it's all about just releasing the feelings and it's so freeing and enlightening and it helps yeah, you usually get- what what,
1: what, what I will share with my, with my
0: clients and the people that
1: work is that every single behavior that we develop is serving a purpose. Mm. And that purpose, it, it can be divided or split into basically main categories, which is a purpose of connection is one of our main emo- emotional, um, biological needs or the purpose of survival. So most of the times, so all of those behaviors that are really nasty and that they come out and we want to change and we don't know what they come in and we are aware that we need to change them, but they keep coming up because they serve in a purpose of survival and, and they actually keep us protected from, from something that we truly want, which is connection on the other side. So in terms of nervous system, survival and connection are two opposite sides of the same spectrum and every single behavior you can put into in those two categories everything that you do is either because you want to connect you want to connect with more abundance with more people you want to build a healthier relationships with what you you want to connect with people around you you want to connect with a job that make you feel better you want to connect with your inner essence but on the other side if you don't know why those things are not happening is because you actually are running certain behaviors which people call self-sabotage behaviors. I don't like the word sabotaging. I kind of like the word more kind of overprotective behaviors mm-hmm. because I don't truly really believe that no one is trying to sabotage themselves. They're just trying Say to- Say that themselves.
0: word again. Say that word.
1: Sabotage, sorry, because of my accent. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> when people are trying to, to yeah to sabotage themselves or self-sabotage,
0: Oh, sabotage!
1: Yeah. Sabotage. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a strong Spanish accent. You so. do,
0: but I also have a <laughs> learning disability, so.
1: <laughs> and it's it's totally fine. It's totally fine. So so yeah, I don't like that word anyway, because I don't think that, that actually what what I truly believe is that what you're trying to do is actually to protect yourself, so that gives you more compassion towards the 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 behaviors that you want to change. And I think that if you are compassionate towards yourself, you will be able to change them at the end without bringing that judgment.
0: Yes, right? And yeah, I see a lot of that. I've experienced it still. And I, I'm like, oh, this, this has to be just a human condition. <laughs> just part of being human. Um, so you have... So you basically, you're saying that you have two different clients that are coming in. Do they, do they know when they come in that, you know, that they're sitting with things that they haven't dealt with that, you know, for the survival sense and they come in sh- for abundance and then they end up dealing with that? Or do they come in knowing that they just need abundance in their life?
1: Usually people come because they are not, able to show up in them in their lives the way they want yeah. basically or they not able to attract to their lives the, the, what they actually truly desire yeah. so or because their body is speaking to them in a really loud way which is manifested through pain contraction uh, any kind of illness disability lack of flexibility so they come to me with this, but when we start exploring again, as you say at the beginning, we kind of start the, all of that shit that has been suppressed start surfacing, and we say, okay, this one is, is just the symptom. If you keep focusing on the symptom, you are being distracted from the cause, and you won't be able to move forward. So the symptom at the end it becomes a distraction from something that it's underlying, which what we can call trauma or, or any experience that made you create these behaviors or these shields in your body
0: so cool and i i can really see how far removed we are from our roots yeah as a society cuz this is this this work comes so natural you know with wisdom and it's like our tribal chief teaching everybody <laughs> and that's why we're having you on the show so we can just spread the word of the effects of this work and understanding the effects that we have on ourselves, you know, over the years. But I I feel like that is our life's purpose. Obviously there's this bigger life's purpose of our biggest desires and stuff, but the main purpose is to come in as a human as this little infant And we believe that you pick your parents because those are the lessons that you want to learn as you grow. And as we get older, we make it so much more complicated and convoluted um, in terms of what we didn't grow up with or things that we are feeling lack of. And it could have been the smallest thing, like it could have been just taking a cookie away from from you (laughs) as a child, but yet there was such a big impact on that um and i i think that like you said there is no coincidence and every experience literally has a purpose to it and that's where my belief is like that is that's the human experience is to uncover these things and be a master at your own shadow um so- yeah
1: beautiful beautifully said i calling a green voice is at the end of journey to come back to ourselves because we keep looking for or kind of how to fill the void of our existence with things outside. Mm-hmm. And when we just realize our wholeness and that we can reconnect with that part of us that is truly essence, mm-hmm. and it doesn't need anything from the outer world. Mm. Uh, so it's, it's just beautiful to, to remember that, remember that we are whole, that we are rep- a representation of God or universe in this plane of existence. So
0: Hells to the yeah. Uh... So <laughs> fucking cool we speak the same language brother thank you
1: definitely okay. definitely
0: Santiago what is your story who the fuck are you where did you come from what what made you get to this place you've been already practicing for a decade you said what is your story what
1: that's Okay, that's that's a, a huge question because uh, I don't even know where where to start. I'll try to pack the whole story in in this. How long do we have? This, is, know, this min- is your show, minutes.
0: buddy. This is
1: your <laughs> show. <laughs> so, so basically, as I told you, I'm from Colombia. Mm, everything I will say that it started 10 years ago, what I will call it... Uh, my dark night of the soul, kind of that deep awakening call, which is I, I had this dream life when I, about 10 years ago, I'm an industrial engineer by profession. I was doing my master's degree in project management. I was working in the corporate world. I had a beautiful girlfriend. We were kind of engaged. We, everything was perfect. I was living the dream. But little I knew kind of that dream that I was living, it was not my dream, but it was my parents' dream or the society dream. And I think that many people can relate to that.
0: Mm-hmm. We, have,
1: we, <laughs> we have been sold this idea of your life needs to be this way and you keep following that path, but you, you don't feel truly fulfilled. You just keep doing it in in, in automatic mode In you just keep going and going and going until something happened. and you just realize that things are probably not as great as as you thought. And in this case, as I, as I thought, which is I broke up with my girlfriend, and and everything kind of the house of cards fall apart. And yeah, I felt literally that that life didn't have any more sense by that time. That I, I had only a great job as an engineer. I I was finishing my master's degree I thought that everything exactly actually what I wanted to do but as soon as something actually was out of out of the puzzle the whole puzzle it didn't make sense and and I started yeah wondering okay what do I want to do with my life and yeah that, that was the awakening call and I went into a really dark place trying to to feel that emptiness if anyone have gone through through that process of grieving a person you just try to feel it or, or to to make the puzzle be completed again with different pieces that they actually don't fit so i started alcohol the different kind of women and going to parties every single day traveling i traveled in that year in six months i went to different countries in south america brazil ecuador peru bolivia chile so i did all of that and at the end i will come back to my place at night and going to sleep and i was feeling still empty so nothing actually was helping and i will connect that with what i told you which is at the end is, is a way to to remember that you are whole already that you don't need to to feel the emptiness with anything from the outer world that you just need to remember that and reconnect with your true essence so everything started there and yeah the whole journey unfolded from there I started studying then after touching rock bottom with those coping mechanisms I met my first mentor which he was a, a philosophy teacher yeah. and I started getting into philosophy and philosophy I started not giving me answers but better questions and i usually say like you ask yourself better questions than the ones that you're asking you probably are finding certainties not necessarily straight answers on what to do or how to do it but certainties are those small steps that you know okay this one's the path that i want to follow so i started studying ancient philosophy and jungian psychology And yeah, everything kind of started making sense. But then at the end, I I said I couldn't kind of stay back in Colombia, and I decided to leave and went to New Zealand. I live in New, in New Zealand. I was I wanted to go like New Zealand. If you if you go to the map, it's like far away. It's at the other end of the world. Like when you compare it to Colombia. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It is. So it's people for me too.
1: Yeah. Yes. So people people were telling me like hey Pete like why are you going to New Zealand and my excuse was like I want to learn English. And they say yeah but go to the US it's just a couple of hours from Colombia. And I say no I want to go literally where I don't know anyone where the culture is just so different than here that, that. so people would suggest me go to Canada, I go to, the, to to the US and I just wanted to get away literally I wanted to start from zero so I went to New Zealand and again problems they travel with you it's not that you changed the place and and yeah everything is great (laughs) now and (laughs) let's start over so even when I've already I was building some tools uh, I would say more intellectual with philosophy and psychology
0: building that intelligence
1: yeah it was it was still something missing like a piece that was missing there and that piece at the end and ended up being the body, which is what we do now with breathwork and somatic alignment. And the way I got into breathwork is because in New Zealand I started scuba diving. If you have never done it, best thing you can do in your life that's another kind of enlightening experience to go underwater and see a different world. Highly recommend it to everyone that's listening.
0: Yeah, especially yogis who only breathe through their noses. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's true.
0: I've heard some traumatic stories from people who only practice yoga and they only breathe through their nose. And when they go scuba diving, it's a a little traumatic (laughs) because you got to breathe through your mouth. And if you're not doing that, it's, um,
1: yeah. It's a way to teach your body. You know, like that, you can master your body to do what you truly want. Okay. Have you done scuba diving? By the By the way, like not no? scuba
0: diving. Or, I mean, like, yeah, not with the tank.
1: Okay. Okay. Are no, you talking about the tank? Yeah. Or,
0: yeah. You. No, I haven't done that, but I have had the snorkel snorkeling. have done
1: snorkeling. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So no, what I did was scuba diving for the first time, and then when I, when I came up to the surface after diving. I say like, whoa, fuck, I literally fall in love with that. Literally, I, I, this is something that I want to take serious in my life. And because I was looking for answers, I think that that was a divine message into, okay, I'm gonna give you something different than the engineering career that you can follow. So I started um, getting prepared. I'm following the career of a scuba diving instructor just right before i got certified i didn't pass cuz you have different tests where they check your lung capacity your respiratory functionality like how how your lungs are working if you if you can dive anyway but if you want to teach you need to pass certain tests and when i did the test i didn't pass because i used to have asthma since i was a kid and they told me no you 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 cannot you can dive but you cannot teach because as Asthma won't allow you to have enough lung capacity and to store an offer to be able to take care of your students. And as conventional medicine will say, once asthmatic, you're always going to be asthmatic. Apparently, it's, it's something that you cannot cure from conventional standards.
0: <laughs> I, I have asthma. Okay. I have asthma as a child, and then it went away, and then I got it again as an adult.
1: Definitely, yeah. So I realized I my, my, through breath work. My question by that time it was: it can be possible that whoever I believe, a God, universe, uh, a put me into this space where it showed me this world and kind of give me a purpose to, to follow that world to become a scuba dive instructor. And at the end, I'm so close because I did the whole. Career which you need to spend a lot of money. There are like different courses that you need to pay. You need a certain amount of types to become an instructor, and at the end I couldn't do it because of my respiratory capacity, because of my physiology. I think that that's not possible. Like literally, I it, it must be a way that I I'm not gonna be dependent on inhalers and I can improve my my uh, breathing capacity, and then that's the way I connected to breath work. Not, and at the beginning it was not from the kind of spiritual side of breathwork, but more from the scientific approach of breathwork on how to actually use your lungs and improve your lung capacity by stretching your lungs, doing different breathing exercises. And it took me six months to change my diet, to start doing some exercises. Then I presented the test again, and I passed. So, <gasps> literally in six months, I I, I was able changed the whole narrative that was being told since I was a kid that no, you you are asthmatic, you need to be always with an inhaler. And I was just by researching, I connected with this doctor in the US, I don't know if you have heard about her, which is called Belisa Branich. Lisa
0: Branich?
1: Lisa Branich. She has a beautiful book, which is called Breathing for Warriors where she teach all of this stuff from from the physiological and from perspective and from the breathing anatomy. How can you actually get better at breathing? And if you get better at breathing, you get better at at everything. Mm -hmm. Because as I say at the beginning, it's your main source of energy. And in six, literally, I'm not lying, in six months, everything changed. I said, this this one has something there. It, it, It has to be something with your breath. That we are dismissing and we are not acknowledging that is so powerful that it, it's actually worth it to keep exploring it. So, from there, I kept going. And then I started traveling around Asia, studying also more about the body, more about the spiritual, energetic kind of field in, from breathwork, from how breathwork will help you to restore that state of alignment. I study also the practice of the armoring that was telling you before but yeah just packing the whole story was coming from a breakup then traveling around and i falling falling in love with the scuba diving
0: it's such a beautiful contrast that you got to experience um and hey in order for us to get to that purpose sometimes we have to hit that point I don't want to call it a rock bottom because everybody's rock bottom it looks so different mm-hmm. like when you think it would be a rock bottom it's still not <laughs> You're going to hit that place like so many times until just eventually when you're just ready and not everybody gets there. So I'm so glad to hear that you pulled out of the distractions and coming to your senses that our home is within us.
1: It is, mm.
0: It's wherever we go. It doesn't matter. You could pack a bag and go wherever, but uh, if you think you're, Able to travel away from your problems, your problems just follow you everywhere you go, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Wow. Okay, so now um, let's let's keep going with this. So you got you you realized that there was something more to it. So you noticed in six months that you had cured yourself, basically. So you got your certification through scuba diving so you could teach? Yeah. So did you continue teaching scuba diving diving, or did you get right into the breath work and start teaching
1: that? I started exploring both of them. Uh, At the end, I got certified as scuba diving and breath work. It was just something that has been kind of initiated. I was just, okay, so into it. I was, here is something that is interesting that even when I got into breathwork just uh, with the main purpose of changing my lung capacity or you know improving my respiratory functionality, I cannot dismiss that it was actually impacting my whole life on the way I processed certain events and I was being more calm and, and the way I was showing up in kind of different experiences and, and the way I was showing up in my life. So I was, yeah, it's, it's not just about the body. It's 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 also about, the, I would say that the three different dimensions, which is body, mind, and, and energy, the three of them are connected. So, and when you make an impact in one of them or make a shift, the other ones are going to be impacted also. So I kept going into scuba diving, but on the side exploring more about the, the power of breathwork and by that time I was in New Zealand, I moved to Australia and I met this meditation teacher that also allowed me to to get deeper into knowing myself and, and connecting with my true essence, which I might say that I'm still doing because people think that you, when you start kind of your healing journey, you you get to a point when, uh, yeah, I'm done. I will say, no, You there, there's always something to discover. And not because it becomes obsessive that you always need to do something. And 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 I will say that probably healing can become obsessive with people that they always want to keep deeper and deeper, keep, keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. But there is always something to improve if you look from that point. I mean, you can look back and say, yeah, I have done a great job and you celebrate yourself. And mm-hmm. then you look forward and you say, no, I still have many things to do. So it's not that I have reached any any state of, of enlightenment, not, not even that I want to be enlightened either. <laughs> I'm just living the human experience with more kind of consciousness and being aware of my patterns, my behaviors. So I traveled to Australia. I got into meditation. And as I said, it just kept going with different practices. Then I moved to to Philippines. In Philippines, I lived for a while and I got introduced to Taoist practices, which is a more energetic approach uh, of breathing, how to, to boost energy that is flowing through your system. So you
0: haven't even done any energy work yet?
1: No. By that time in Australia, I started working on the side with this meditation teacher. Okay. So she was she was facilitating workshops, uh, and I got certified as a breathwork facilitator. Oh, and so. then i kind of started helping her uh that's on the side i was not fully committed yet to okay uh, this is what what i want to do uh, for life until one day i did kind of a trip all around southeast asia and when i went back to australia i said i, I just mm-hmm. don't want to keep doing things kind of yeah you know like when you start something new you, you don't like know traveling. that you want to yeah, like keep going into the like yeah. So I say no. I need to to follow what the buddhists call the Dharma, yeah. and, and the the call, which I was so clear what was the call, and I need to fulfill that. So you need to pay attention to the call because that voice I usually say is ne- never gonna shut down, like that little voice that is talking to you and is telling you, you know better than this, you know Yeah. you're betray, you betraying yourself, you you know better than this, and so that voice was always there which we can actually relate it to the hero's journey kind of the awakening call when the hero has the, the call of becoming a hero, and then I say, okay, I'm going to leave Australia, I moved to Philippines, I went to study Taoist practices and from there, I just started yeah just developing my own practices, facilitating workshops all around Southeast Asia, Philippines, Indonesia. I lived for three years there, and yeah here wow. is here here I am if I keep studying, keep evolving my practice, keep serving at the end and, and where I am now.
0: We are students for life in this uh... We call it Earth School.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's life at the end. Yeah, it's, it's a journey to learn, unlearn, keep learning, keep on learning right. and coming back to yourself. And as we say at the beginning, before we record it, if what you're learning, you're not putting those skills or those teachings to the service for the greater good of all, there's a missing piece at the end, you know, like, greatest or the ultimate purpose of every single human being is to serve the the human consciousness i'm glad
0: you're talking about this i I wanted to revisit that conversation because i thought it was (laughs) yeah so let's talk about the serving part because it uh it does come down to well we got to fill our cup first uh, when we have those pieces missing, it is really hard to serve and show love outside of yourself when you're not showing it for yourself mm-hmm. fully. It's not a, it's not a sustainable way of living. Same, same idea of looking for the external things to fill your soul, the materials, the relationships, um, you know, sometimes we can look outside it, if you don't know better, cause you can't, you can't unsee the shit. Once you learn it and once you feel and you see that contrast, you can't go backwards. So if you haven't got there yet, you're there, haven't fully experienced it or you're in complete denial, but um, going back to uh, part of your conversation, when you were talking about that transformation, um, I wanted to help clarify because some even like I'll speak for myself and I know that we can always. Someone's always going to be able to re- resonate with her story a little bit. Um, I always saw it as like that thing, that enlightenment is like, just going to happen. Boom, one day, Like it's like this awakening, like, holy shit, my life's going to change. But transformations take time and we have to honor that time. And like you mentioned, using these little tools, bringing them in, adding them to our tool belt using them when life presents itself in that way does eventually bring us to that, that purpose. And so that's what I would call filling our cup. Cause eventually once your cup is filled, that sense of service that we were talking about it, that's where it really presents itself. It's like, okay, now that I filled my cup, it is, I, I need to serve the world in a way that mm-hmm. is feel, feel fulfilling. And it comes with flow and ease. There's zero resistance because we did that work already. Now we can live in this abundant mentality and now give. And that is exactly what you're doing. That's what, that's what I'm doing. But again, we're, we're constantly learning. We're never going to live the same scenario Ever again in our life, it's always going to be something different, and we might not always be present to that. But that is life, kind of throwing us these curveballs from time to time, and we're going to have to find ways to manage ourselves through that. And it's through practices like that that helps prepare us for these endeavors.
1: <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. oh, funny that that we brought that up yesterday. I was talking to one of my clients, and, and he asked me, so you you don't have any kind of struggles in your life now, Santi? And I say, no, I do have them. Like, life doesn't become more, more, like, easier, or or but what we develop is, as you say, we develop resources that allow us not to stay there in that kind of victim mentality, but allow us to come back up to the surface. And those resources start with the awareness or the self-awareness that we develop. We can can actually master our life the way we want mm-hmm. and, and come out stronger. So at the end, we, what we're doing is becoming more resilient. That Okay, mm-hmm. we allow ourselves to, to be in that uh, hard spot or to, to go through the struggle. But we don't avoid the struggle. We don't avoid the pain because we know that it's part of life. But we also take the decision, the conscious decision, not to suffer, because what is suffering is when you take pain for a certain amount of time and you keep developing that victim mentality and staying into the state of pain. So if we decide not to suffer and come back up it's stronger and more resilient according to those struggles or obstacles and challenges.
0: That's so badass, and you, you couldn't have said it better um yeah I that word of resilience in my dialogue quite often when I teach um thank you daughter <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah we got the 13 year old coming home from school there we go coming right in the middle of the podcast <laughs> um, that's
1: why it's raw, no
0: yeah <laughs> non-edited no no Great. this is the reality of life it um it has has its uh own what is it own fork in the road <laughs> there's so many ways to describe it I don't know why that just came to my mind <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so that was distracting so I kind of forgot what I was talking about there
1: we we, we were talking about resilience that at the end the of resilience. the resilience talk- it's not that life becomes smoother or easier life Mm -hmm. keeps unfolding with the struggles with the challenges with the problems and we we just learn how to navigate those struggles with a different state of consciousness that's right you might say
0: that's right so what do you do you said movement because um i bring the word of resilience well yes i bring it into my meditation classes but I also, because I'm a, a personal trainer, fitness instructor, of functional fitness, I bring that word of resilience into the gym. And I find everything that we're talking about definitely resonates along with that. Um, with, with that being said, um, yeah, it, it, there's... Sorry, there's just so many things around that. And I, I guess, too, I've been around so many clients. So my right now what's happening is my cup is full. I've been facilitating a lot lately. So a lot of um, just working on the podcast, my businesses, a lot of teaching. So this weekend I have a retreat coming up Um Obviously, this will be in the past by the time (laughs) this podcast is uh, dropped, this episode's dropped, but it is um, a a retreat for more for me to receive, and I'm really looking forward to it. What kind of
1: retreat are you doing?
0: It's it's about everything that we're talking about, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of healing, a lot of self-discovery. Um, a lot of other healers are going there, uh, to this event. So it's, it's really, it's going to be so nice to connect with a lot of like-minded individuals. Everybody's kind of on the same path of just sharing the word, sharing their practices. Um, but it's well, this is it, you know, like we can give, give, give constantly, but if we're not replenishing our own soul, uh, that's a cause for burnout. And yeah, I, right now I'm at like, I'm at that point where I'm like, whoa, I'm feeling like foggy. I'm getting tired, you know, um, and it doesn't matter what the sleep I have and the food that I'm eating and how much water I'm drinking. I can feel that it's time for just a small little replenishment break, plugging in that battery, recharging that battery. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um what what do you cause you obviously facilitate quite a bit. Okay, I'm gonna assume. Yeah. What is your go-to for replenishing your battery?
1: I, I like that analogy that you're doing of of logging in, because mm-hmm. usually what I say is like people pay more attention to the battery of their phones or their than the battery of themselves. Not, if you if you see everyone, they have power banks and they need to charge the yeah. phone every two hours. But when it comes to our own energy, we're not even aware when it's being drained or when it's leaking. So yes. great, great. Yeah. Great part of, of developing a practice to reconnect with your own source is to be self-aware when those levels of energy are, are being drained. So, in terms of my practice, I have certain, I started facilitating around five, six years ago. And then, kind of as, as a newbie, you just want to do as much as you can, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember uh, trying to get as many clients as I could in one day. But then it will be uh, like affecting me on the way I show up for my clients. My sleep will be really, really depraved, the, the and it was any, anyway, it was hard, I, I was getting really triggered by the environment so I started developing these non-negotiables which is, okay, usually because I hold the spaces kind of one-on-one so I limit the spaces that I host that I hold for eight people a week, because I know that that's kind of the amount, if I surpass that limit, it would make me feel overwhelmed The time I have before and after every single session for me is crucial also. So I don't book two people with with less than two hours kind of in between because I need that space usually before you come to one of my sessions or one of my workshops. I take one hour or half an hour if I don't have enough time because I'm doing certain stuff to meditate. So I sit in meditation. Where do I start from a place of, of connection? Yeah, because I, I won't be able, and I will relate, will relate to what you were saying. You cannot serve from an empty cup. So my meditation practice, my breathwork practice are the resources that allow me to keep my my cup filled. So at least one hour, 30 minutes before every session, I have a meditation practice. I do a prayer. I go into my breathwork practice to just to make sure that I'm in a place of connection if we take it back to those kind of two categories that I told you at the beginning, connection or survival. And yeah. I'm not in a place of survival. Because if I'm facilitating from a place of survival, it quite it, it can be actually more counterproductive for the people that are coming for me for help. And, and I, I will be causing more damage than helping them. So I just make sure that we'll be able to connect with them in that place eh, of regulation. And after the session, I have also my cleansing practices where I try to connect with nature as much as I can. I go to the ocean because I feel that the ocean will help me to mm-hmm. clean my energy field, to be more connected to my essence. So in terms of, of a specific practices, that's what I do, at least to time the sessions and the workshops that I host with the amount of time that allow me to connect with myself.
0: Good. So good. So important. Um, oh, yeah, the other one, the other question I had, uh, you were talking about movement. Yeah. Yes. Can we talk about that?
1: So, yeah, movement is, as I said, one of the main components of my practice is because when we talk about trauma, which is kind of the way I or my approach healing trauma breathwork and somatic practices, one of, of I, I would tell the main consequences after someone experienced trauma is that they create a disconnection from their body. So when you see people that they have struggled struggle with certain traumatic experiences in their life, they tend to dissociate from their body a lot. So they're not fully connected to the body. So when we approach movement in our session, is not with a specific agenda but just to allow the breath to unfold through their body when the body is moving so we start breathing and i just suggest to people to start moving and if they're not moving i try to ignite that movement in a spiral way in moving the hands moving the limbs in doing somatic meditations where they connect with the part that is numb with the part that is holding the contraction the tension because usually a part that is holding the memory and and if we go back to trauma theory that's what we call the implicit memory there's an explicit memory which is held in the mind and the implicit memory that is held in the body so the body has its own wisdom and its own memories and i tried or I, I try no because i don't like the word try actually
0: yeah what thank we, you what, <laughs> what we
1: do I'm 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 catching myself there. Good. Yeah, calling myself call, calling myself out.
0: That's first. awesome. Hey, we all do <laughs> it. It's just it's it's beautiful that you corrected yourself.
1: Yeah, great. <laughs> so great. so not no, not that we try, we actually do it in every you. single session to connect people with their bodies and free freedom of movement that they can move with ease. And as i say it's not approaching moving movement with a specific agenda because most of people will tell me like ah santi but i'm not flexible but i don't have rhythm but it's not about rhythm it's not about flexibility it's about connecting to those part of you Mm. that are fragmented that are numb that are not feeling connected to the self but that's what we do
0: so what like how do you get someone started for movement? I I mean I'm a, it sounds like a little bit more of um like almost like a a flow dance type of thing.
1: It it is that way actually. So <laughs> what we do is teaching certain breathing exercises, moving the body, as I say, scanning the body and trying to find where the memory is being charged, where the trauma is being held. So connecting with that area. And I just start helping them on how to move, as, as you say, in a more flowy way, in a more watery way. There are different practices that we also can suggest and we can do in different sessions. If we take it back to Taoist practices, they have shaking exercises that they help help a lot to connect with your body and to move the energy. Like so, so you have different ways of shaking. You have a masculine way of shaking, which is quite strong and quite rigid. And you have a feminine way of shaking, which is based in the movement in your hips. Mm. And if we take it to to the chakra system, uh, in the hips is where the second chakra is located and is the source of creativity. So it's the source of movement, it's the source of your sensuality and every single human being is sensual on on their own. So what we do is connect with that movement to a certain extent. Some people are more rigid than others, so we kind of start with those that are rigid or that they're really stiff or that they are in immense kind of pain or chronic pain just by moving their fingers or moving their hands. Okay, how does it feel to move your fingers while you're breathing and you're connecting with that part of your body? Okay, it feels different. i never done that in a, in, in a way that is conscious, in a way that I'm aware that I'm moving because moving at the end, we just walk all day and that happened in autopilot so moving with a kind of a conscious approach is different than just moving
0: 100 percent yeah i've heard over years of um well mostly men but women too who have physical jobs and um well i don't go to the gym or i don't work out because my job's already physical And I go with that analogy. It's like, well, but that you're doing that, that you're normal. You got to do something outside of that scope in order to uh, achieve some sort of transformation or difference, whether you're looking to change your body or fulfill that energy release. Um, Because that's not fulfilling when you're, it's, it's every day, same thing, same job. It's different. You got to kind of shake it off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, like, yes. yeah yeah.
1: What, what, what we say is break the pattern the pattern at the end is is a way of your mind and body to preserve your energy so the less that you do the better but the less that you do the harder it will be for you to change and transform your life so if you keep kind of doing just the minimum in order to conserve or preserve the energy so you won't be able to actually manifest a greater way of living new life so so yeah it's just about changing or pattern interruption
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so interesting um yeah I'll, I'll share this real quick it's um a friend of mine <laughs> she's on her story right now and she's doing this cleanse and she's literally releasing a shit ton of parasites out of her body, like shitting them out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> those are powerful. Yeah.
0: Yes. And um we talk about obviously there's the connection in the mind. And uh I the doctor that's facilitating the retreat that I'm going to, he's a Chinese medicine doctor. And um he specializes in finding those infestations and finding the trauma behind it Mm -hmm. and then learning how to rebuild the gut bile and all the things. But it is really interesting um, that we lose that part of understanding on if you are dealing with anything in the gut or in the body and you're doing all the right things and you're still feeling a little bit heavy or brain fog or whatever. I've had this where you know, it didn't matter what I did with my diet. Uh, I did not at the time, I did not equate it to the energy side when I was going through it. I didn't know that there was a connection. So there, there is a connection to, you know, a more traumatized, you know, part of our brain that we haven't touched yet. And that is the reasons why we bring in these infestations and our bodies just can't fight them off. So it's a, it's a really interesting connection. I'm really excited to kind of dive a little bit deeper into that, but I don't know. I just thought I had to share that. Santi, Um, how, I want to ask too, do you have retreats? Like, do you do retreats and do you have any workshops going right now?
1: So, yeah, we have retreats. I usually host retreats with my partner. She works with energy, with Kundalini energy. Mm. And, We have retreat, a retreat that is called Trauma Healing Retreat. uh, And we host it here around Europe for everyone that wants to come. Uh, We have it in Malta. There's another one in July coming in Latvia, which is already filled up. And probably in November, we're going to have another one in here in Malta again. So basically, what we do in that retreat is to explore the the, the main five childhood wounds. That they might be still impacting our behaviors in our adulthood. So it's betrayal, betrayal, rejection, abandonment, injustice, and humiliation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we we all have gone through those. Yeah, this is not that I haven't met anyone that will tell me no. I have never been betrayed. I have never been rejected, or I have never felt that way. So usually, what I will say is like, "Ah, oh, give me five minutes. I talk to you, and I'll show you that that actually there is something there." that yeah. you have not processed yet. But so we have that retreat going on. As I told you, the next one uh, that is open is November. And now at the moment, kind of what I'm doing is training people also in this practice, which is somatic alignment breathwork. And my training is coming in October. I have people coming from Canada. Also, if you want to join, you're more than welcome. And that's... Hey. <laughs> Five days learning uh, this process of how to integrate breath, movement, and the armoring practices to take our body back to alignment with our true essence. Ooh. So that that training is from the nineteenth until the twenty-third October here in Malta, and and yeah, that's that's what I have at the moment.
0: Do you do uh, anything online?
1: I do work online also, so I have private sessions online if anyone is interested now. Uh, bookings are open just for August because June and July is fully booked. So, so yeah.
0: Busy man.
1: It also. Yeah. <laughs> it it has been busy lately. And, and, and I work with a lot of people from the U.S. and Canada also. It uh, doesn't matter the, the time difference. I try to make it happen usually.
0: Yeah, because they're the two most far removed countries in the world. <laughs> our government, I mean, everybody's government's probably a little bit fucked up, but ours is very interesting. We're going through big transitions right now. It's a little scary.
1: I can imagine. I think that is the, the big shift happening now in, in, in our world, you no? Know?
0: Yeah. And aren't you seeing the the importance of this work? more and more definitely because you're be getting new people all the time
1: what I will say is that at COVID it was the the great awakening it was a big call to, to make a shift we started looking outside started looking inward because they gave us time at the end you couldn't go out you couldn't distract yourself from your own pain mm-hmm. so you're gonna look inside and say oh fuck there is something that I've been just not paying attention for my whole life how am I gonna deal with that? And so many people start kind of coming back up and, and awakening from from that difficult situation, which is it was the pandemic. So they call.
0: I like how you called it the big awakening.
1: Yeah, it's happening. It's happening. Yeah.
0: It's it's so true. We we've talked about this a lot. I got during that time was dark for me. I. I lost my best friend. Mm. Um, Sorry about then, that. Thank you. Yeah, she was. She was a huge impact in my life, and uh, I miss her a lot. So during that mm. time, I just just went down the rabbit hole. Uh, saw the end of the multiple bottles of wine.
1: <laughs> mm.
0: But eventually, I mean, you can't live like that and eventually coming out of that was like there's got to be something more and um, that's where my big awakening came.
1: And uh, Look at that you're a more resilient human being now and doing great okay. work for, for all the humans around you so yeah I know that it was a, a hard and difficult situation for many people out there mm-hmm. but it, it was a, a great shift in the way we we're doing things it was kind of telling us, look, the way you like, kind of the society that you have built is not sustainable. It's literally, not sustainable. Like keep, keep doing that kind of, for achieve mind, like that's literally not sustainable. Look, look inside, look within, and you will be able to find some answers. And so I think, yeah, COVID was was that tipping point on the shift in human consciousness.
0: Yeah, bringing us back to our roots. Right. It's yeah. Really realizing the distractions that have been laid in front of us to distract us from thinking for ourselves and depending Definitely. outside of us. That that part is very much uh, promoted. Yeah. Media, news, TV, whatever, even, yeah. even movies.
1: <laughs> to to everything that tries to Perpetuate the idea of separation of yourself. You said at the beginning, which is, we have this misconception, or we live in this illusion, mm-hmm. that that we are with, that we are not complete, and that's why we keep consuming, we keep the, trying to find things, finding things outside to to find that missing piece, but that's just a distraction and just a delusion. And when you get to actually look inside, it's like, fuck, there's something that I can do here and I can reconnect with myself, connect with my essence. And I don't have to keep living in either avoiding this pain or developing coping mechanisms that they bring at the end. It's created suffering.
0: You could have said it better. my God. (laughs) So good. Um, Okay, so is Instagram the only place people can find you?
1: is instagram at santi i forgot it at santi.02 i think so yeah yeah santi.02 and i have a website also which is somaticenergyalignment.com
0: is that in your link tree in your it's
1: it's in the link tree so pretty (laughs) much if you go to my instagram that's where i share everything that i do Uh, You will be able to connect with me there either by a link tree or you just send me a DM. Usually I take time to reply, but I try to do my best to reply to everyone.
0: It's hard to do it all. (laughs) And um, I am so grateful that you responded to my reply. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I was just, um, it's just funny. I I don't know, you just popped up on my Instagram. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's so nice to see uh, the masculine energy coming forward and teaching. Um, we're Kristen and I. We've connected with so many women and so many of uh, so much feminine energy that having that mm. masculine energy to bring that duality is so refreshing. And it is, yeah,
1: it is. And and that's kind of also part of my purpose is to reconnect men with this kind of work. Mm-hmm. but it has been so kind of focused into women and and you get there because men we we have this big shield and this armor that does not allow us to to open up and to be vulnerable because yeah you're going to show always your best face or you're going to be strong and that's a as a consequence so we are a byproduct of that society that is totally unhealthy that promotes kind of toxic values and part of the work that I'm doing at this moment also is to reconnect with men through men's circles. I actually just came from a men's circle that was facilitating at a festival, mm. to just trying to, to do my best to show them that, yeah, there's also something from for, for them here.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, you can still be that strong man, but be vulnerable at the same time and uh, bring that softer side of you forward. And there, you're right. I feel both sexes, we're both very far removed, but I think especially the men, like we're all like, yeah, woman power, but I want to see the men rise up just as I really do. There's just, there's really old thoughts and beliefs that are just too much in the forefront. And it's, it's, it's causing a huge disconnect with self and men play such a, huge role in this world and so do women but if we don't have each other then we have nothing so um i just want to thank you so much for your time santi i'm such i'm so honored to be able to meet you and have you on the podcast and share your knowledge and um i'll put all of your information in our show notes and um so before we close it up, is there, I know you've given so much value and so much wisdom to the table, but is there, is there a message if you could give, knowing that the world was listening, everybody was listening, uh, if there was a message that you had, what would that be?
1: I like what you say at certain point, which is not a quick, there is not a quick fix. So just remember that this journey of living your life it comes with challenges, it comes with problems, it comes with struggles. And the first step is to develop that self-awareness that you have the abilities and the power to overcome all of those and that you don't need to do it by yourself. You can actually surround yourself by a support system, raise your hand and ask for help.
0: That's right. Yeah, we can't do it alone. And yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's so important to live in our own sovereignty, but to we are designed to act as a community. It is, it's innate in us. And uh, when we don't, when we act by ourselves, as we get older, we get things like dementia and Alzheimer's. and, And I don't even think I said that right, but it's true, we kind of lose our minds. We lose ourselves completely. Well, let's wrap this up. Don't go anywhere, Santi. I'm just turn off the recording, but I just want to thank all of our listeners for listening and go to the show notes and you'll find exactly where to find Mr. Santiago. Thank you. For now.